In order to know virtue, we must first acquaint ourselves with vice. Hello, hello. Um, hello. Wonderful, hello. So, sorry, I started there and then immediately forgot what I was going to say and got distracted by the fact it's so light that we're, when we're doing this, yeah. it's really off-putting. <laughs> I was saying this, we've done all the podcasts in the past where it's just been dark, yeah. and now all of a sudden we're doing it in broad daylight, and it feels really bizarre yeah. to be talking like we're talking in broad daylight. I know, it feels like we've interrupted a garden party. It yeah. feels a little bit wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit wrong, yeah. yeah. But the sun will set as we do this, yeah. so black it's a bit more... Curtains. Yeah, yeah, we should actually. Yeah. That would feel more appropriate yeah. somehow, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so no, we're recording this one in April, so God knows when it will uh, be released. We yeah. can probably work it out. Merry Christmas! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's probably right, right? Oh. We have our first dual one, though, so tonight, episode... Seven, six is going live mm. and we're recording episode 18 so I think this is the first time we've ever had a crossover oh yeah mm. so it's like a launch and a preparation yeah it's awesome yeah. Um, okay so we have obviously myself Hunter with you as always the fabulous Tiffany hello and we have a return guest only the second guest ever to return on Vice Rachel hello again everyone I can't believe you came back I, I know yeah, me I'm really I'm delighted to be <laughs> <laughs> lovely to have you Especially if you had one of the racier chapters, for sure. Oh, yeah. I have to see how this ends. Yeah. Cooked. Excellent. Well, that's what we want. That's what we want. <laughs> we'll get our claws into one way or the other. Yeah. Got to see the climax, if you will. Excellent. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, we're near, Rachel, we're near it's daylight. It's I daylight. Know. Oh, oh my gosh. You can't see this, listeners, but Tiffany's blushing. <laughs> that's oh. not true. Yeah, no, not really. It takes a lot for Tiffany to blush. So. <laughs> we're, we're good. Okay, so let's get started. We are on chapter 18, The Revelation. In the very depths of hell, do not demons love each other? A fabulous quote there from Anne Rice. If you like my book and my podcast, read any and all of Anne Rice's books. She is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, passed away now, but amazing woman. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Sorry, we aside there. Uh, okay. The only sound to penetrate the darkness was the swish of Hunter's silk gown and the staccato tap of her heels on the wet stones as she tried ever more desperately to find the well in the moonless night. What time is it? She wondered. Midnight? Later? Whatever it was, she knew she shouldn't be out on the street on her own at this hour. She knew that if she ran into any trouble, it would be difficult to get away in what she was wearing. Women's historical attire was not well suited to a hasty escape. Mm. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, like <laughs> this is a scary setup so far. It's yes, it's yeah. a little bit. Uh... Part of me's wish I read the rest of the chapter <laughs> so I knew what was going on. <laughs> yep, still haven't read the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the last chapter is going to come as a complete shocker to me. Oh. I'll be like, no. <laughs> I love it. I just love it. Oh. Nevertheless, she pressed on, warm despite the chill of the alleyway. Her sense of unease had brought the blood to her cheeks and made her heart beat faster. The Venetian streets reminded her of an historical London, but not the London of Charles II and his glamorous courts. This, she thought, was the London of Jack the Ripper. Don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like mesmerised by that. Yeah. Um, fortunately, the fear that might otherwise have overwhelmed her was being kept at bay by the knowledge that she was about to be inducted into a society, into a life that she had always wanted, and that she was being done so as steward's guest. 
She was determined to put on her most dazzling performance tonight and to ensure that her friend's taste, judgment and credibility could not be impugned on her behalf. She stopped suddenly, convinced she could hear the tap-tapping of a cane against a chiselled Venetian stone. But then just as quickly, it was gone. She shivered, and not from the cold. If only it was lighter. But (laughs) If only she was in Edinburgh. But in this part of the city, street lighting was patchy at best. Venice may be beautiful, but it was also strangely claustrophobic. Oh my gosh, what the hell is she doing in Venice? Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Read. Never. <laughs> has, uh, has Tiffany been to Venice? I can't remember if you've been to Venice. I'm sure, yeah. No, have, have you? Oh, like, me? oh, me, Tiffany? Sorry. Um, no, I have not been to Venice. No, I don't. Um, well, have I been to Venice? <laughs> no. no, no I, I'm not in Venice. Sorry. <laughs> That was absolutely epic. I was meaning it realistically. I'm not. I don't know if Tiffany's been to Venice. No, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Am I here with Hunter? Is that no. Yeah. Okay. Um, so no, no, no. She has uh, not. Yeah. No. Because Venice is. It's a wonderful city. It's absolutely gorgeous. But uh, for any mm-hmm. listener who's been there, it is very claustrophobic. Creepy. Yes. Murdery. I'm a little. That a little bit. Yeah. Then yeah. go to Venice. I did see the Jack the Ripper tour in London. No I way. It. It really? Oh, okay. Yeah. So this. Chapters for you then. Yeah, yeah. I'm biting my nails. I love it. <laughs> I think this whole book's for you if you like a wee bit yeah. of, if you like a bit of darkness, gothic mm-hmm. noir. I think. Gothic noir. Yeah. It's one of my my reviews from a, a fabulous person who said it was gothic noir. Is that Adam? Like no, oh. I, I can't remember who that was, but it yeah, it wasn't Ken. Oh. No, Ken. Okay. Right. Um, but no, Venice, beautiful, but very hard to navigate, and when mm. it's dark. And you you can't see anything because all you can see is you know the the next street turns and you, there's nothing it's just walls. Oh. It is a little bit hard to orientate yourself. I got spectacularly lost there once, and I literally spent two hours going around the same streets trying to find a canal I could see but could not get to. Oh no, that's <laughs> not like you. No, not no. at all. It's um. never happened. <laughs> so uh, yes, that happens in the previous chapter. If anybody's interested. Okay. Where was that bloody well? By all accounts, she should have reached it ten minutes ago. I'm finding it shouldn't have been so hard. This might be Venice, a city so labyrinthine and twisted that one wrong turn left you feeling like a rat in a maze. But Stuart's directions had been specific to the point of obsessive. They had seemed so simple. Make for the well, take a right through the archway, and continue for a couple of hundred yards along the canal front. Easy. Except it wasn't. She was hopelessly lost. Could she see the well, but she just couldn't reach the well? Not yet. No, okay. she, she has got lost before she's even found the well. So it doesn't, it doesn't bode well. <laughs> Hunter took a deep, steadying breath. Stay calm, she told herself. Remember, this is all part of the experience. And all this fear and adrenaline are short-term issues that will become a long-term aphrodisiac as soon as you find the... Oh. I think he should say, oh! <laughs> That is that is better. <laughs> oh. oh, squinting through the darkness of the mist, she saw that she had finally made her way to the elusive marker, an actual well in the middle of a cosmopolitan city. She thought with a smile, only in Venice. And actually, there's actually quite a few cities as wells, but we'll just gloss over that. A technicality. <laughs> it's almost like the author's lying. <laughs> I know, right? Who, who would, would do have thought? Who would do such a thing? Yeah. We don't call it lying, we call it fiction. <laughs> Which it is. 
Calmer now, Hunter looked to her right and saw the archway Stuart had described to her. She let out a deep breath of relief, which, considering her dress, was an achievement in itself. She threw her head back and walked confidently forward, the apprehension of moments earlier already forgotten. A couple of hundred yards along the canal, Hunter came to a second archway. She stepped through it to find a courtyard that was filled with her wildest imaginings. The chains... The chains, sorry. That's me jumping ahead. Steady on now. I know, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Getting too excited here. The change, <laughs> once she had stepped through the archway, was palpable, almost physical. Mm. Candles and incense burned on every available surface, so brightly that you could almost believe the place was on fire. Immense stone walls loomed on all four sides of the courtyard, the sky above shrouding everything in mist, as if guarding a precious secret. The darkest ivy climbed every wall, tendrils stretching out like beckoning hands, brushing the shoulders of everyone who glided past. Everything was solid and real, she understood, deep down. Yet at this time and in this place, it was like watching beautiful, sinful creatures from another world, and she had no desire to break the spell. Had she been alone, she would have cried at the majesty of it all. Who's she with? Uh, she is, well, she's meeting Stuart. Oh. So we're going to find him in a second. Mm. Very exciting. But it does sound like, it certainly sounds like somewhere I would like to go. It sounds like somewhere you've been. <laughs> yes, yes, it definitely sounds <laughs> like somewhere you've been. Well, there are you know, little bits and pieces taken from it. There might be some truth in this. We don't know. biography. Yeah. We all know it. Everything is true and nothing is true. Mm-hmm. Apart from everything that's in it's a, it's a get out of, get out of, no, what is it? Get out of jail free. No, <laughs> a, there's an expression that I can't remember, but yes, anyway, moving swiftly on. <clears throat> Through the flames, Hunter's eye was immediately drawn to the ornate pl- plinth at the centre of the courtyard. On the plinth stood a severe-looking man in a powdered wig, who used one hand to swing an increase an increase an incense <laughs> holder on a chain and the other to grip a cat a cat o nine tails. Mm. Cat o nine tails. <laughs> you went a bit Irish there. Yeah. That's a sexy I'm, way just of mul- I'm, it. Actually, I'm actually just multilingual, I can't help myself. Multilingual. <laughs> I'm excited. He was dressed in a long scarlet robe that kissed the stone floor and wore an ornate crucifix which rested heavily on his chest. He was half Confessor and half magistrate, a Spanish inquisitor without a soul. Mm-hmm. Oh, he has got a. He's yeah. quite a character. Yeah. Okay. It's feeling do... a little bit Twilight. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, yeah. Yes. It's the but scarlet rope that kissed the stone floor. I love that. Also, I love the, that. also, the well, like, isn't there like a fountain that she runs through and she's in yeah. that? I have read this it This is Twilight ago. fan fiction. <laughs> no, it's well, not. I think that's actually what Fifty Shades of Grey oh, was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <goes> well. Yes. <laughs> hey, I don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, I no, forget. it's sexy. Who wrote, who wrote uh, Twilight? Twilight? Stephanie Mark. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Another yeah. fabulous writer. So I'll take it. I will take it. Absolutely. <laughs> so despite his elevated position, the man did not speak. Instead, he chanted in a deep, sonorous baritone in accompaniment with some somber... orchestral music. Where the music was coming from was anyone's guess. But one thing was certain. His performance was was a magical assault on the senses. Hunter took her first tentative steps into the courtyard. It really was like going back in time. Everyone was dressed in different variations of the same 18th century opulence. And everything they wore, the silk, the bone, the damask, the ebony canes, the powdered wigs, Everything was original. 
Hunter never wanted to leave this place, especially if it was if it meant submitting to the Cato Nine Tales once more. <laughs> you should always say it like I'm, that. <laughs> I can't remember how I said it now, so I can't do it again. Now I'm One trick the, pony. I'm picturing the ball scene and labyrinth. You know, and oh Pauly my and the, yeah, yes. that's oh so my gosh, yeah, I can totally how see that. How sexy is that? God, that's true. I haven't watched that film in a hundred years. Love but that bit. I used Archie to love that film. The Venetian masks and just yes. everyone's just dressed so sexy. I think I'll have to give that another yeah, go. They did not have to go that hard no. for a kids' film. I was. But back in the day, they did. Yeah. The thing is, it goes over our heads, doesn't it? Also, like, have it, you or went seen over our head. David Bowie's trousers on that? Dress. It is slutty. Obscene. Obscene. Purely <laughs> whore. Absolutely. It should be censored. It should be like um, fuzzed out. I will, if I can find this, I will post it because I got labyrinthitis. <laughs> Years ago, of course, she did. Uh, of course I did. And one of my <laughs> colleagues at work, who was so funny, sent me a Get Well Soon card that he'd made on, like, you know, whatever it was, Moonpig or whatever. Mm. And it was just David Bowie in those trousers, oh. and he just circled his penis. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and written in the card, Get Well Soon, <laughs> Labyrinthitis. I was That's like, amazing. oh my god. That is so. Let's circle the penis and write Cat Nine Tails <laughs> over it. <laughs> I hope I still have that card. If I do, I am yeah. posting it. Oh, and that I'm was, sure we'll be able to find a it. A shout out to John for getting me that card. I still remember that it did make me did make me laugh even with labyrinthitis even with labyrinthitis i laughed and then fell over so you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> that's like everyday thing you know? <laughs> so the entire scene pulsed to the ether oh gosh sorry ethereal ethereal sorry okay i'm just gonna start again the entire <laughs> scene pulsed to the ethereal tones of purcell's what power art thou and she realized that that was what the imposing man in the cape was singing it was moments like this which made her fall in love with Venice over the past 24 hours. The present hovered over the city's past like translucent skin, with the past feeling far more real. Hunter considered the authentic Venice to be this long-lost dream, the Venice that was soul, not skin deep. She felt as though she had crossed into the world beyond the looking glass, and there was no going back. Part of her wished that to be true, but the other part was terrified. She was no stranger to this world of sin. A world of vice, sacrifice, avarice, avarice, and the depravity, but she was wary of it too. Hunter was still lost in the thought when Stuart arrived to greet her with a click of his heels and a deep bow, kissing her hand as he did so. She curtsied instinctively. He took her elbow without a word and led her towards the stone steps, the top of which was obscured by a large velvet curtain. Hunter could understand his silence. It was simply too beautiful for idle talk. She wanted to drink everything in. Drink everything in? Okay. <laughs> I, th- I thought that was a typo, and then I was like, no, I read that right. <laughs> no, you did, yeah. Drink everything in. What? She wanted to drink everything in. She wondered if this was what Shakespeare had really envisioned with his Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm. Or it's actually, it's actually, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, got yeah, so many of those vibes yeah. all kind of mixed yeah. into one. It's inspiration, not plagiarism. Just yeah. I really want to go to Venice now. It's like Same. half erotic book, half Forbidden Planet travel guide. Yes! Oh, Venice sounds lovely. <laughs> Forbidden travel. Yeah. I love it. When they reached the top of the stairs, they passed through the velvet curtain and into the old building that stood proudly to the north side of the courtyard. As they made their way through the winding corridors, Hunter was struck by the most beautiful piano music she had ever heard. Ancient tapestries and deep velvet curtains had been intentionally hung to conceal every turn and doorway. Finally, they arrived at a carved stone archway. 
With a flourish, Stuart stepped forward and swung the velvet curtain open to reveal the grand hall. Hunter continued on as if she was walking into a dream. Mm-hmm. Oh, in many ways, perhaps she was. Yeah, Ooh. I'm so intrigued. <laughs> she? Was it all a dream? No, God, no, that's okay. the absolute worst thing. That, Hunter oh. woke up <laughs> minutes later in her bed. It doesn't matter if it's a book or a film or a TV oh, show. Yeah. As soon as the protagonist wakes up, you're like, for fuck's sake. What is going on here? <laughs> yeah. Okay. For a normal... Enormous? Four enormous crystal chandeliers holding real wax candles were suspended from the ornately con- cornice ceiling. Wood paneled walls held antique portraits of imperious and lavishly dressed long dead Italian aristocrats. Okay, let's try this again. Okay. So, although the atmosphere was such that they had stepped from their frames to join the gathering, Hunter would have ex- accepted it as part of a new and ethereal world. Mm. The room was filled with a forest of elaborately dressed dining tables and more candlesticks than Hunter had ever seen in one place. Wonderful. So I think it is hinting at what's going to come, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Pure fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pure f- Don't worry, nothing burns down. We're not going to ruin it. Mm-hmm. Or does it? We're not sure. <laughs> no, Tiffany's not sure because she hasn't finished the book yet. <laughs> I'm sure because I wrote the damn thing and nothing burns down. We're fine. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Hunter, what about the element of surprise? Don't, like, this is supposed to be a page turner. (laughs) Yeah, you're right, buy the book, you'll find out what happens, you know, last chapter. Last chapter to go. I might just not even record the last chapter, just to keep you all guessing. Mm. (laughs) 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 Yeah, we might not, actually. There's your cliffhanger. But we still get to have some dinner and drinks. Yes, of course, always. (gasps) So we also have a lovely time, you just won't get a podcast. Yeah, we'll we'll post a picture of us recording and then just not really set her off. (laughs) Wonderful. That's a terrible idea. You're edging your listeners. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're so devious. I, I can't, know. I can't cope I with it. it. My gosh. <clears throat> As the curtain fell back into place behind them, it revealed the piano that had been playing for her since she entered the building. The piano was grand in every sense, huge and imposing and elegantly embossed with golden roses. It was being played with evident aplomb by an older man in a knee-length frock coat that was open to the waist to reveal impressive breeches, knee-high silk stockings, waistcoat, and frilled cravat. However, Hunter was more startled by an exquisitely powdered but completely naked woman who was lying spread-eagled on top of the piano and being sensuously fucked by a dwarf with a ball guy dildo in his mouth. <laughs> That's my favourite bit. That's my favourite bit. I'm sorry. What? Can we read it again? Just, we can. It's beautiful. Can. <laughs> I think we need it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> However... Hunter was more startled. Oh, sorry, I've lost the page now. Was more startled by an exquisitely powdered but completely naked woman who was lying spread eagled on top of the piano and being sensuously fucked by a dwarf with a ball gag dildo in his mouth. Wow. Hunter's mouth dropped open, much like the dwarf's. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's really beautifully written. That is very beautiful. Yeah. I'm not sure how you can write something so beautiful with Aww. with a situation like that. You know. Mm. It's my devious mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wow. if, this, if this is ever made into a film, Peter Dinklage, I'm coming for you. Oh my you gosh. You would be perfect. You would oh be perfect. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh. Exquisite, isn't it? Stuart asked rhetorically. I can't believe it. It's all so beautiful, so wonderful. It's just Hunter didn't finish, unable to put into words the wonder, happiness and gratitude she was feeling at that moment. As Stuart led her across the room, Hunter stared around unabashed. 
None of the guests were yet indulging in anything particularly debauched, but the room was dotted with entertainment, which was clearly designed to arouse and captivate the guests. Hunter herself was already both turned on and enchanted, not only by the entertainment on show, but also by the sheer spectacle of the room itself. She felt like she truly had gone back in time. Hunter and Stuart had reached their table. This, like all the other tables in the hall, was decorated with ornate bronze candelabra that bathed the celebrants in a sepia caress. Hunter was admiring the effect when, through the chessboard of crystal glasses and the haze of candle smoke, she spied two guests sitting atop velvet stools on a raised dais in the centre of the room. When Stuart noticed her staring in admiration, he smiled knowingly. I see you've found our Marie Antoinette and Casanova, he said. Hunter felt almost dizzy with happiness. Slowly she sat down upon her seat, fanning her skirts carefully as she'd been taught to do, the corset keeping her back around rod straight. Never once did she take her eyes from the two guests of honour. They were dressed as convincingly as everyone else, if not more so. The only difference was that they were also partially undressed. The woman's corset was open to the waist, exposing her breasts, while the man wore no shirt under his beautifully embroidered gold jacket. His pantaloons were also open, though not indecently so. Just enough for someone to reach into with an exploratory hand. Coincidentally, or perhaps not, given the occasion, that was precisely what Marie Antoinette had chosen to do. Further across the room, another couple, both men, were proving equally popular with the assembled guest. Who are they? Hunter whispered. Stuart looked where Hunter was discreetly pointing. Ah, yes. The divine Mozart and Salieri. You're going to need to elaborate, Hunter said. Are they even from the right century? Stuart laughed. They are indeed. Although we don't get too hung up on that around here. I mean, you, for example, are a fictitious Roman goddess tonight, are you not? <laughs> he smiled as she nodded assent. Although everything from the cutlery to the embroidery is authentic 18th century, leeway is given to your avatar as long as they fit in with the liberty and spirit of decadence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it does sound like a fun place to go, doesn't it? Oh, I love that as yeah. well. It's like, you're a fictitious Roman goddess tonight, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> Not an 18th century composer. You should be good at all of this stuff with the pianos and the Mozarts. Yeah, I can probably pronounce that, yeah. No! <laughs> You're a musician! <laughs> I can probably play some of them. Yes. Maybe not brilliantly. Hunter nodded her understanding, then nodded towards Mozart and Salier in the corner. I bet you'd love to join in with those two. Sometimes. But in truth, my eye is on someone else. Hunter raised a questioning eyebrow, but Stuart just smiled. Oh, the plot thickens. They had had a truly spectacular dinner, with courses brought by servants who looked like they had stumbled straight out of the palace of Versailles. Versailles? Yeah, Versailles. Yeah. yeah. In you truth, like there. Versailles. <laughs> In truth, Hunter was so entrapped, entrapped, enraptured, enraptured, entrapped, enraptured, by everything around her, she barely registered what she was eating. She did, however, remark on how good the wine pairings were, causing Stuart to respond that she would be perfect addition to their little Italian society. Mary and Casanova undressed each other with soul-shattering slowness over the course of the evening, pausing over every lick and caress, every tortured movement of of reserved passion. It was as though they had been cast in a slow-moving resin, forced but to release their majesty inch by agony. Oh my gosh. Sorry, don't worry. I'm going to grab a wine glass anyway, so okay. we'll just have a quick pause. Mary and Casanova undressed each other with soul-shattering slowness over the course of the evening, 
pausing over every lick and caress, every tortured movement of reserved passion. It was as though they had been cast in slow-moving resin, forced to release their majesty inch by agonizing inch. A hand sliding up a white stockinged angle, a breath against a jeweled throat. It was unbearable to watch. Hunter did not know who these people were, but they were most erotically charged individuals she had ever seen. Wow. Yeah. wow. So these are strangers, yeah. and I actually love it. And actually, because coming from Hunter, that's saying something. Yeah, 100 I don't have the attention span for that. Like, if I'm getting undressed, it's happening in three seconds. But I'm, 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 like, in awe that they're, like, taking their time over the course of an evening. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Oh, She's obviously not wearing a comfortable bra. No, yeah, obviously. Well, I was going to say, yeah, that comes off at, like, 7 p.m., Monday to Friday. <laughs> That makes me sound terrible. I take my own bra off. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> For our listeners, it's more fun if you take somebody else's bra off. Yeah. yeah, or someone takes mine off. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> there was to be no fucking at dinner by the guests, and so the entire room acted with exquisite decorum. Hands were kissed and eyelashes batted, but beyond that, there was nothing. Hunter understood the decision. It was heightening the arousal in the room to fever pitch. The audience were wolves, impatient to devour the erotic tableau and each other. Mm-hmm. To distract one another from their own sexual frenzies, Hunter and Stuart had made as, as much as small talk as they possibly could bear. This continued until desserts, when an immaculately dressed servant arrived in Stuart's elbow with an envelope on a silver tray. Hunter's jaw dropped. Even here, at an 18th century orgy in Italy, you have staff? <laughs> Good God, is there any limit to your power and connections? Listen to her. <laughs> it's still I pretty just, impressive. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Not exactly, my dear. Just an inquiry that I told my staff I needed to answer to as soon as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Hunter shook her head, still trying to adjust to Stuart's incredible status. Her affection for him grew as she realized that, while he could have legitimately lorded it out over every single member of this is the most difficult <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. There's a lot of punctuation in this. There's one. a lot of this. Okay. Hunter shook her head, still trying to adjust to Stuart's incredible status. Her affection for him grew as she realized that while he could have legitimately lorded it over every single member of the would-be aristocracy. Aristocracy. <laughs> I can't. I actually can't. This is the worst sentence in the world. I know. I'm sorry. I wish we, I, we should just call him the can aristocracy. You just, yeah. Can you just yeah. say I'll just say the yeah. sentence. <clears throat> Her affection for him grew as she realized that while... Sorry. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so glad you just did that. <laughs> I already read like a time. Rachel, do you want to try? Do you, you want to call Third Time Lucky? I was trying to say... Put a voice on as you see it. It helps. I mean, I've got a voice on. <laughs> yeah, you I still fucked it up. A fancy voice, though. We've just had a, a dwarf fucking somebody on a piano and you're yeah. apologizing for saying fuck. Oh, sorry. I'm fucking sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let I'll I'll go sort of vaguely posh English. Mm. Um, I'm now I'm now lost. Oh, no, here here we are. Her affection. Her affection. Her affection for him grew as she realized that while he could have legitimately lorded over every single member of the would-be aristocracy at the hall, he never had. What a true gentleman. Was that Jane Austen in the room with us? That was beautiful. Where did you okay. come from, honey? Yeah. Wow. Bring oh. her in more often. <laughs> Thank you, Jane. Appreciate your feedback. You're welcome. You're welcome. She, can, she, might she come saved back. me. She saved me. <laughs> she had watched his expression as he had read the letter. 
He had been by turns disappointed, enraged, relieved, and then finally reassured. Mm. After settling on the final emotion, he turned to Hunter and offered her a wide, encouraging smile. Good news? Hunter asked. You tell me. It's all about your man, the one you've been trying so hard not to get depressed about. He held up the hand, and she began to protest. Please, my dear, allow me to speak. I've known you since you were practically a girl, and I know you've suffered these past months. There's no pride here, Hunter. I care only about your happiness. So do you want to know or not? Hunter crossed her arms stubbornly. Not, she said, for God's sake. You did that so well. (laughs) Stuart had to laugh. Oh, for God's sake. Yes, you do. I know what happened, and for your sake, you must, too. Mm. Hunter was confused. You mean with the... How do you know what happened? I overheard something extremely unpalatable at the wedding, and it's just got under my skin. I knew something wasn't right, and I made it, it made it my business to find out. And I'm glad I did, because I certainly cleared things up. I certainly cleared up a few things. Mm. Hunter felt like she couldn't breathe. The perfumed air has suddenly become choking and claustrophobic. So not just Venice. No. <laughs> the air itself. The air too, the air itself. <laughs> please, Hunter, Stuart continued. The, there are things you need to know. Can you just please let me tell you? Hunter stared hard. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Hunter stared hard at the stem of her wine glass. Then she took a deep breath and, raising her eyebrows, nodded her assent. I love that you keep adding the word brows. Oh. But it's fine. Like, it's, I, it sounds the same, but it's funny. <laughs> then you're that word's not there. No. So, basically, it just says raising her eyes. Uh, yeah. I added brows. <laughs> Twice. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. I'm like, wow, you're actually seeing things I don't even know. I know. Yeah, that was a cool thing she did. She was, like, looking at her the stem of her glass, and then she, like, raised her eyebrows. <laughs> and then she nodded. I was like, cool. That's cool that she did that. She's like, internally, she's like, yeah. decided something. The fact that you just acted that out there yeah. makes it look really odd. Like, <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> you know, you know that's true. When you're like in a mood, or like when you're just sitting like staring at your wine. Like, yeah. And then your eyebrows. <laughs> and then your eyebrows just start to raise gradually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, she raised her funny. eyebrows. <laughs> Stuart inclined his head took a long drink of whiskey and began his sordid little tale. First of all, he said, the girl who died, it is not what you think. Not at all. I'm sure you're already painfully aware of what the heinous person Nick is. But I don't think, I don't think even I knew how low he could stoop and the things he is capable of until I looked into what had happened. Nick has been with Stephanie for years but that hasn't stopped him from taking whatever woman he wants. Whether Stephanie consents to his practices, who can say? But that's a problem for another day. What I do know is that one of these women was Stephanie's best friend, someone she worked with in Vegas when she met Nick. Mm. Hunter winced despite herself. She instinctively knew that it was Stephanie's friend who had been given to Nick before all those years ago. Though it was still be some time before she was inviting Stephanie out for drinks. Hunter's hatred of the woman ebbed. Yeah. Yeah. Ebbed away with every new thing she had learned about Nick. In its place, her fury... Oh, in its place, her fury at Nick and his aggressive misogyny drew stronger. 
Do you know what's really funny about this? Tiffany has no idea what we're talking about because she hasn't got this far. <laughs> I want to ask so many questions and I can't because like I should know. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's happened is we've we've skipped forward in the recording mm-hmm. and actually I've recorded. Obviously, you'll have heard this by now, listeners. But two of the episodes, fourteen and fifteen, were done in Sweden. So yeah. of course our usual cohort. Oh, wow. so we got there. Friends. Yeah. So they were missed. Um, yeah, we have the big revelation in chapter ten of the book, but it's not in the podcast at all. So if you haven't got that far, stop now. Put down the microphone. Mm-hmm. The microphone. Put down your. <laughs> Don't you put say? down the microphone. No. If you want a microphone, you can have it. Put down your AirPods or earphones mm-hmm. or whatever, and go buy the book and read it because otherwise, massive spoiler coming your way. Which is for me as well. Which is for you. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. mean, you've only had two and a half years to read the book. I know. But... <laughs> this is the fun of it. <laughs> it is. So, th- this one's for you, okay. Tiffany. Stuart cleared his throat and continued. Apparently, Nick had been seeing her for months, calling on her whenever he wanted. One of those nights came... Oh, my God. I'm t- what am I doing now? <laughs> I think I'm rubbing off on I'll you. Start it. <clears throat> Stuart cleared his throat and continued. Apparently... Nick had been seeing her for months, calling on her whenever he wanted. One of those nights came when Stephanie was out with some of her friends. This woman had, well, by all accounts, she'd taken quite a lot of drugs before Nick had even sent his driver in to fetch her. Mm-hmm. Well, you would, wouldn't you, Hunter asked rhetorically. <laughs> Stuart smiled sadly. Quite. But unfortunately, he encouraged her to take more. He got very, very violent with her, and whether by accident or design, she... Well, she went into cardiac arrest. <gasps> Ooh. Hunter was reeling. Wait, no, that, that can't be right. Stephanie said her friend had belonged to him, to Lord Byron. My Lord Byron, I mean. She was his previous submissive and she died covered in cuts that she bled to death. And I've no doubt she was telling you the truth, as she understood it. (laughs) Think about it, Hunter. She comes home and your gallant dominant is there, helping Nick get rid of the body. Then noticing the pain in Hunter's eyes. She was very dead by this point, I checked. (laughs) The body, Hunter croaked. But why? Apparently, Nick had passed out shortly after she died. It was Natalie, by the way. Her name was Natalie. When he came to, he was just sober enough to understand what had happened, and he panicked. Not, unfortunately, in the way any of the rest of us would, by, say, calling an ambulance or administering mouth-to-mouth. He called the one person he felt he could trust. But why him? Hunter shouted. Why him of all people? Nick is just awful, and he... He was dark and dangerous, but I always thought he was good. I thought he was better than that. He is, darling. It turns out that about 20 years ago, when all this public school lot were in the military, Nick saved his life. Before you ask, I don't know where or how, but the fact that it happened is common knowledge. And apparently it was even a big risk to attempt to do so. If you get my meaning. She did. So picture the scene. Your Lord Byron gets a call from his old friend. One who perhaps he doesn't particularly like or respect anymore, but one who nonetheless saved his life at great personal risk and sacrifice many years earlier. Nick says he needs help. He offered no further explanation. So he goes. And when he gets there, he finds a girl that is beyond help and a panicking Nick. Hunter sighed, that poor, poor girl. Believe it or not, this is where it gets a little bit worse, Stuart continued, because this is when Stephanie arrives home. I love that reaction, yes. She sees your man holding her dead friend in his arms and justifiably panics. I know for certain that Nick's the day to her, although whether it happened with or without her consent, who knows. Anyway, he did it and fast. By the time she woke up, she could remember that her friend was gone. She was very, very hazy on the details. But she did remember that your dominant was there. 
I mean, she herself was drunk when she got home. So imagine what Nick tells her. Oh. <gasps> Nick! Fuck's sake. Oh, he is the worst. I love how the chapter started with the Jack the Ripper, and then we're getting into this. Yeah. Wow. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Hunter put both hands over her mouth. Oh my god. Stuart nodded sadly. He blamed him entirely. Spun some complete fiction about how he used her as a submissive and she died when one of their little games got out of hand. But hang on, why didn't he... What? Set things straight? Stuart asked. He took a moment to consider. Do you know, I don't think even he knew what Nick had told Stephanie. He'd left with Natalie hours before Stephanie had woken up. And since then, I suppose their paths haven't crossed that much. Probably down to him. I guess it's something he wanted to forget. Or maybe it was that he understood it as some sort of debt repaid. Look, I don't know. But what I do know is that of all is that all of that changed when you were given the bastardized version of events by Stephanie at Astrid's birthday party. <clears throat> Stuart was going to continue, but something made him stop. He shook his head slowly, a stunned expression on his face. The dwarf! <laughs> The dwarf's back. He's back. Hmm? <laughs> Not it's back. I said the dwarf's back. You went it's back. Oh, I think I said the dwarf's back. Did you? Okay, yeah, sorry. Back. Did I not? That's, that's me being a dick. We can actually pre... We, we can check that. We can check that, yeah. But if I did say that, which I really don't think... I no, did, no, yeah. Just, probably can we edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that it. too? No. All right. Okay, that was, okay, that was just me then. Okay. I, 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 was like, no. <laughs> I do think he's a real person. I promise. Excellent. Oh, dear. I'm lost again. Jesus. The same shocking thought. Oh, right. Here we go. Sorry. The same shocking thought had just hit Hunter, too. She never believed Nick's story, did she? No matter what she said. Oh, maybe she did in those first hours. But afterwards, once she'd sobered up and time had passed, she would have known deep down that Nick was really to blame for her friend's death. She would have worked it all out. She knew. Hunter shook her head sadly. She wanted to cause me pain, because at this point, I think pain is all she knows. I've never met anyone as broken as her. Hunter fell back heavily in her chair. She felt nothing but sorry for Stephanie now, and she understood that Astrid had intuited her pain immediately, in a way that Hunter just couldn't. Stephanie's pain was an almost physical presence. It followed her like a malevolent shadow, tainting everything around her. Now at least Hunter understood why. So there you have it, Stuart said, his eyes glistening with sadness. The poor girl's death was nothing to do with your chap. He wasn't to blame for anything, really. Just a rather extreme case of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's such a, you can just imagine, like, a total British way to do that. Yeah. Well, this poor girl has nothing to do with your chap. Yeah. <laughs> Was he, did he have nothing to blame? Didn't he get rid of the body? That, well, he did the get rid of the body, yeah. yeah. I mean, but he had, like, a little bit. I mean, he, he was, like, a little bit involved. Yeah, a little bit. You know? Yeah. 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 What happened to the body? We're just about to, I'm glad you okay, asked. Okay, yes. I'm glad yeah. you asked. He did nothing. He just chopped her into pieces. <laughs> no. yeah, he like, he just, nothing. Fire! I told you. <laughs> I told you fire is coming. No, nobody's getting burned. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're quite like uh, Hunter here, Rachel, because Hunter's mm. eyes were fixed intently on the candle in front of her. What happened to Natalie? Mm. She asked Dilly. For better or worse, she was determined to know even the most painful details. Mm-hmm. Stuart took a long drink of whiskey before answering. He dropped her off at a hospital. He said he had found her unconscious in the doorway. Oh, he's a okay. good man. Okay, you know what? Yeah, he is a good man. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
He, she was very dead by this point. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's unfortunate, but, you know. <laughs> We're allowed anti-heroes yeah. in fiction. It's fine. Yeah. The staff had no reason to disbelieve him. An upper-class man in a suit appears with a known sex worker who's chocked full of drugs and be dead for hours. She's battered and bruised. He's immaculate and stone-cold sober. Jack the Ripper all over again. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Unfortunately... But not really. Well, yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, it would have looked exactly as he'd explained. I mm. doubt if they even made him wait to give a police statement. Because, mm. unfortunately, we still have that prejudice these you know, yeah, this day and age. Yeah, exactly. I wish he'd told me, Hunter said. Did you even give him the chance? Because if I know you... Hunter lowered her eyes and grimaced. Maybe he was frightened you'd hate him for it. And as I said, he didn't know that Nick had actually blamed him for what happened. I imagine he felt he owed it to Nick to keep the whole sort of thing a secret. Hunter squeezed a hand against her temple. Her head was reeling, unable to process what she had just heard. She took a deep, long draught of Barolo. And then another. Barolo. And then another. That's a good wine. Yeah. There we go. Clearly. Big fan. Mm. Tiffany likes an Italian wine. She does. She's never been to Venice, but she loves an Italian wine. <laughs> Ooh, we should have a wine, like, um, That's what this is. We should. After, yeah. We should. That's, That's such a great idea. So we have to re-record this, but with... Yes. Or we can, Italian like, wine. post it on, no. like, like the, the tasting menu for tonight. Yeah. That yeah. is such a bloody good idea. I that idea. Borello and... Claustrophobia. <laughs> That's this chapter. Producer, noted. Excellent. <laughs> no, that is absolutely great bloody idea. genius. Yes, excellent. Relevant claustrophobia. <laughs> Maybe we could. This doesn't sound creepy at all. No. <laughs> but so, if you're up to this chapter, and you're only just... Well, in fact, you won't be, because this is a good thing about releasing so slowly. Everybody who is now listening to chapter six, um, you know, we're sorry that it took you this long, but... <laughs> You will now, from now on, have a wine pairing to go with each chapter. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't think of this before. Rachel is a genius. And also turn we can all the back. lights on in your house, because yeah. it's very light when we're recording this. Get the full feeling. Get the full yeah. and, and pick the smallest room in your house. Yeah. It's really costly <laughs> yeah. whilst you're doing yeah. it. Fill it with duvets and pillows and cushions and shut yeah. all the doors. If you know a dwarf, invite him over. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure Lilo does some sort of ball gag dildo. Um, if not, Coco de Mer will. So, you know, get yeah. your ball gag so dildo. So, we'll, we'll basically, we'll send a couple of links to you. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's not a bad idea. We can do that, right? You can put links on Instagram, can you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 50% off your dildos. <laughs> Ball gag dildos. Sorry. Ball well, gag dildos. I actually didn't want to say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Says the sex I'm, podcast. I'm a bit shy today. You're a bit shy. <laughs> you also have apologized for saying fuck already. Yeah. Oh, yeah what's wrong? I don't know where that came from. <laughs> oh, no, a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, the dwarf fuck. Yeah. <laughs> the beautiful woman with her legs spread. Whoops. Yeah. I think you added the legs spread. Did I add that too? <laughs> wow. Tiffany is filthy, listeners. No, she's lying spread eagled on spread top eagle. of the piano. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not that much of an no, exaggeration. Yeah. 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 What was her eyebrows doing though? <laughs> her eyebrows were raised. <laughs> bed. Okay. Yeah. As she said, oh. <laughs> you bloody hope her eyebrows were raised. Yeah. Can you imagine she's just looking bored? Yeah. <laughs> Crinkled in the middle. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love that. Oh, oh on, okay. that, on that note, on that note, 
Oh, where am I? Yes, so Hunter is well into her role. Stuart waited, understanding that she needed time to think about this revelation. Hunter was somewhat recovered by the time Marie Antoinette appeared at Stuart's elbow and entreated him to follow her. He looked to Hunter, who smiled back wearily. He was reassured. He had done the right thing by telling her. He stood and allowed himself to be steered toward the entrance to heaven. Now, perhaps more than ever before, he felt like he'd earned it. Oh. Mm. I do like him. Mm. I he love seems like a nice Stuart. guy. He's a good guy, yeah. He's getting his own little sort of novella, I think. His adventure with the uh, concierge. He deserves it. I he does deserve so. it. Yeah, he does. Blossom. Is that the end of the chapter? That is the end oh, of the chapter. Wow. Fabulous, ladies. Well, yeah, so you have to wait to find out what happens next. The final I chapter. might go home and read it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, do we think we will? I don't think you will. Keep it a surprise. Yeah, it's yeah. Really nice. Yeah. Find out with the listeners. I don't think, yeah. Guys, we have got a yeah. busy like couple of weeks ahead while we record this, and I find out what happened. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, it's been fabulous. Thanks to Rachel for being brave enough to come back. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, have a great yeah. evening. Have a wonderful Good morning. Evening. See you Afternoon. for the, the last chapter ever next Yay. week. Woo! We hope you've enjoyed the latest chapter of Ice. If so, buy the book where even more will be revealed. But also get in touch and follow us into our world of debauchery on Instagram at Vice the Podcast. Or find me on Facebook and online at terrystewartauthor.com. Until next time.